Hi, and welcome back to Paving the Way, How First Gens Can Rule the World. A few years ago, when writing my CV, I came across a very bad piece of advice and focused on the design and colors of my CV, thinking that a pretty CV was the key to get where I wanted to go. Oh god, really, when I think about it, I'm like, with what I know now, I can tell you that recruiters do not care if your CV is pretty, except if you work in design or related fields, of course. I'm not only going to talk to you about how to format your CV because there are many ways to do that, but mostly what kind of experiences you can get, and if you don't manage to get jobs in your field as a student, what to do to have an appealing CV for recruiters after you graduate. In this episode, I'm going to mention recruiters a lot, because unlike popular belief, and unless you apply to a place with under 10 employees, your CV will be screened by recruiters before it gets in the hands of the team you will potentially be working with. And that's important to know because recruiters don't necessarily have a background in the field you apply. That's why you gotta be smart with the keywords you use in your CV to pass this first round of screening. So let's begin. I'm gonna be honest with you from the start. A beautiful CV with two random experiences, a skills section that is too broad and less qualities such as determined, serious, pleasant, or shit like that, they make me cringe. Because it says nothing to the recruiting team at all. Also, that picture of yourself on your CV, you should delete it. You don't need a skills section if it's to put in words your distant relatives you see once a year would use to describe you. Skills must be specific. For instance, are you proficient in Python? Are you trilingual? Are you good at storytelling? Or do you have knowledge in a niche and specific area of your field that you obsessed over the time of a semester, like a specific law or subtopic? If yes, that's exactly what you put on your skills. And this set of skills will be very valuable, especially if they reflect your experiences. That's where it gets tricky for us first-generation students, because without access to the network of a well-connected parent or relative, it is hard, but not impossible, otherwise I wouldn't be here talking to you, to get a student position in your chosen field of study. Because the concept of a CV is one thing, but filling your CV with actual experience is another. It's not just lines of writing, it is time and energy you have to invest to learn and gain that experience before you write it down on your CV. I'm going to explore different scenarios in this episode because you have many options to build your CV. No wealthy connected parents? No problem. You have me. First off, if you need a survival student job the way I did, it's totally okay, keep it, and you're earning that money, and you should be fucking proud of yourself. And in the next episode, I will teach you how to sell your CV and your skills through storytelling. But let's focus on building experience. I used to have a survival job in a restaurant and was able to drop it after securing a tutoring position, better working conditions in my opinion, and then I was able to lower my tutoring hours to do teaching and research assistantships at university. Try the harder scenarios first. So in that case, to get an internship during your school year, one day a week top or in the summer full-time if you can afford it, which is basically the most traditional path you could take. Of course, getting an internship is already competitive AF, so, if you are early in your degree, apply to smaller companies in your field. Look for the email address and LinkedIn of a few people working at your targeted company and then connect with them. Send them a message to ask about their job, what they do, how did they get there. 
you get to learn more about the field and the position and you gain a few more connections. Then you can email the company through their website under their information inquiry section and be straightforward. You are looking for an internship, one day a week or two afternoons or whatever number of hours you can handle. Name the person you talk to on LinkedIn. Very, very important. And say that they really made you want to learn more about the kind of work that they do there. You would love to intern with them on your free time, etc., etc. I know that time-wise, energy-wise, it sucks. I've been there and I was so tired. But I'm grateful my younger self made these sacrifices to build a solid foundation for my career. And your older self will be so grateful that you did. But back to getting a position at a smaller firm. If you get an internship or a student position at a smaller organization in your field, this is great. It doesn't matter. I also would say size doesn't matter. You've heard that before. But this experience will help you later if you want to apply to a bigger firm or a paid position during your studies or right after graduation. The idea here is not to get your ideal position right away or to have like something super shiny on your CV, but rather to be strategic in your career moves and go up with your newly acquired experiences. What I love about working at a smaller organization during your studies is that you usually have the space and autonomy to build and carry your own projects. And an experience that shows leadership and skills is very valuable. And that's something bigger companies don't offer and that you should absolutely take advantage of. Usually, smaller organizations don't advertise a super part-time position and chances are this position doesn't even exist. But you can make them create it for you. No, 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 stay there. I am not being delusional. This actually happened to me when I wanted to get experience at the United Nations and I just could not afford to take an entire summer off to pursue an unpaid internship because, well, I had to work full-time over the summer and no matter how elite this internship was and how good it would have looked on my CV, I just could not afford to take it. So I literally just wrote an email to a small francophone organization with, I think it was four or five employees, super tiny, that organize international diplomatic events between South America and Quebec. So here was my international aspect. They didn't have a position open, but since I spoke both French and Spanish, they still invited me for a meeting slash interview, get to know me, why did I write to them, etc, etc. And it was great because I could show that I was interested and motivated to help. I said I want to learn more. I said I want to practice Spanish. And they were thinking in front of me where to put me on the team. The position I wrote for, the idea I had to contribute to their organization, did not exist. And then I showed up. And I'm not special or anything. It's just like when you show motivation to help, usually it pays off. But you have to try many, many times. And that's not the first time this has happened to me. If you need an experience and that it's not advertised or even there yet, Propose your time and skills and some organizations will be very happy to have a free assistant and create a position for you on your own terms time-wise because, well, it's basically free labor. Again, I know that internships are inherently classist, it's disgusting, you have to work and have an internship and potentially volunteer. Um, sounds unfair because some other people can actually focus on studying, not working, getting prestigious internships that you can have access to or can afford. I know, but you know, it's still possible to work your way around. 
I'm not saying it's ideal, but if I was able to do it, I think anyone can. And to be honest, if you don't go through gaining experience or working for free during your undergrad, chances are you are going to have to do this in the first year after graduation, or even worse, the first few years after graduation. And I don't know, I'm on team Surfer Now, Enjoy Later, so that's why I recommend working super hard during undergrad to set your older self to something better. Still on the topic of free labor, I want to talk about internships and volunteering. Because internships are basically a nicely packaged volunteering position, let's be honest here, and if you don't get one, you can look for community centers, agencies, smaller organizations, associations in your city or even globally if they allow remote working. And you can gain experience this way. What I love about volunteering is the flexibility of the type of help that you can provide. Because up to a certain point, you can be on a task that is unrelated to your field or goals when you get into the organization the first few weeks or months. But then you can create new projects or tasks that would not only help the organization, but also help you apply and develop what you are learning in your field. And volunteering doesn't have to be in an association necessarily. Um, There are academic boards at university and it's a great position to have just being on the board to learn the underlying mechanisms of your school and get some more community engagement that you can also add to your CV. From my experience, that was a three hours engagement per month. And truly, these experiences do add up. And beyond filling your CV, you learn, you network, and you make a mental map of what you like and don't like doing in your professional life. Because keep in mind that university is also a time to explore, and I would rather make mistakes and be bored for a summer than my entire life. Getting the experience when you want to transition from one industry to another is usually the path if you don't want to go back to school. And getting experience to transition from being a full-time student to a full-time worker, that's the same. You have to get experience. So it's hard to work full-time and volunteer some other places, but it's possible. And it's hard to study full-time and build your CV, but it's also very possible. Another option that is not volunteering or doing an internship or working is building your portfolio. This is my personal favorite because if done well, it really sets you apart and you can deepen your expertise in the exact area you want on your own time and on your own terms. So how do I build a portfolio? Once you have a goal industry to get into after graduation or anytime really, explore the different types of positions in the field. Once you've identified your dream job, Look at the job advertisement where the most common skills are required and on top of that, look for the tasks described and listed in the job advertisements. I am insisting on the job ad part because between what is described generally on the web about what some professionals do for a living and the actual tasks needed and skills required to get that title, often it's two different worlds. When I say build your portfolio, I mean use your imagination to prove that you are ready to be hired. It can mean many things, such as creating a blog to show off that you know about a specific topic and write about it, submitting and publishing articles wherever you can, starting a podcast where you interview people if it's relevant, work on side projects like if you are studying engineering, a degree is not enough, build a little software with what you've learned in class, stuff like that. Basically, you need to create anything that is a tangible proof that you are knowledgeable and you have applied what you theoretically know from your education. 
Let's now talk about the formatting of your CV. Big organizations or scholarship funds often use what is called an ATS, or Applicant Tracking System, which is a software used to assist in the screening or selection process for prospective employees or scholarship recipients. I'm not going to talk about how unethical and flawed these algorithms are, but I need you to know that your CV must be ATS friendly just in case, meaning that every section must be clear and separated. Please don't go for a creative CV with three or four columns and funky colors. I invite you to Google ATS friendly CVs and use that formatting. Before I close this episode, I want to share that it was frustrating for me to sacrifice schoolwork and get a lower GPA than what I was academically capable of at university, because on top of working to pay for school and my living expenses, I had to volunteer and find extra things to do to boost my CV. But from experience, it is way better to get out of university with work experience related to your field or not, a portfolio or both, than a 4.0 GPA alone. Because nobody asks to see your diploma or grades once you graduate. Unlike in academia, in the industry, it's experience that matters. And experience matters more than grades. And I was surprised to get a job I wanted right after graduation and be able to negotiate my salary early on when others I knew who graduated with a perfect GPA and made the dean's list several semesters in a row were working minimum wage jobs in an industry they hated. I can tell you with perspective that it was worth it. Beyond experience, learning how to sell yourself, also known as storytelling, matters as much as your experience. That's what cover letters are for, to sell your story and your background and relate it to your dream job description. In the next episode, I will talk to you about storytelling and how to sell your experiences and stories to get the career that you want. <laughs>